0: What's it like when one of your friends on death row is led away into be executed? You have a prepaid call from... William A. Apira. An inmate at the California State Prison. San Quentin, this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I had to be a different, complete guy, which is the guy who walked the walkways of St. Quentin's death row without a gang, without a group of
1: people around you. was just me. Soon after you went into to be on death row,
0: <laughs>
1: welcome to death row diaries i'm matt ralston and i'm william nagara and bill today we got to talk about the district attorney of los angeles george gascon oh, yeah but first i want to say thank you very much to jessica and caroline for supporting our patreon page that is patreon.com slash death row diaries where you get exclusive content and stuff that you're not going to get on the regular feed. Thank you both very much. Sign up. Give us a dollar a month. What else are you going to do with that? It helps support the show and keep the show running, and we appreciate it. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Death Row Diaries, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I noticed you guys aren't doing that. We need you to do that. It's really easy. I don't know what it means. You don't know what it means. It helps the show. Anyway, Bill, uh... Hmm, Gascon. So, what's the story here? It's all over the news. You've, there's a recall effort. What's going on with Gascon? Who is this guy? Well, he's the poster child
0: that uh, really the right wing, people, people who say they're conservatives but really are not conservatives, are really pushing these guys the poster child and every criminal's best friend. And it's just, it's ridiculous. I I almost chuckle when I hear these kind of things. Uh, George Gascon is a career police officer. He's law enforcement. And he's been so his entire life. So to call him uh, the best friend of a criminal is ridiculous.
1: Well, let's get into it. If you watch the news, you may have seen Gascon on the news portrayed as kind of uh, the epitome of a soft-on-crime liberal he's been pilloried and and held up as an example of i guess what goes wrong with progressive politics is that kind of your perception bill yeah well i have a kind of a different take on this because of who george gascon
0: actually is and um, what he's gone through so it's, it's very difficult to argue with an expert of his caliber um Look, this guy is not some guy, electric official that was brought in because he was a, you know, a dentist before. This guy is a career law enforcement officer, and then he became later a attorney, and then brought into the PA's office. It's a whole different ballgame. But you have a person with his roots in police business. So let, let me go over what it, what this entails. So. George Gaston is a—he's Cuban. He was born in Havana, uh, Cuba, and he's brought to this country as an immigrant, very young. Uh, and from there, you know, he went to his normal school, but he actually drops out of high school to join the army. And he excels, he becomes a sergeant. You know, he has a good upbringing, strong Latino roots. And then he decides to become a police officer. He joins the force of the LAPD and he rises in the ranks because he is a regular peacock cop who knows the turf. He's, he's one of your, those guys that's very conservative. He's a Republican, by the way, people don't know that. And he rises in the ranks so much so that he rises all the way to assistant chief of police of the LAPD. Now, <laughs> you don't become that guy by being a high school dropout. While he's a beat cop, he's going to college. He gets his, um, his high school diploma in the Army, and he continues his education. He understands to be the best police officer, he has to understand what he's doing out there. And he does exactly that. So when people start pointing that this guy's a progressive, and they, we have to understand that he was a Republican. He changed parties because he, didn't, he understood because he's on the beat. He understands the streets that the policies that were in place then were not working. So he decided the best way to battle crime, to battle what's going on and all the politics behind that is to really become the guy that makes policies. And he does that by then. He becomes the, uh, the Arizona, in Mesa, Arizona, he becomes the, uh, the chief of police there. And from there, uh, he has a pretty, you know, back and forth relationship with the Mesa sheriff. That guy, whoever he knows, is putting inmates in peak in. And we're doing all these things that put people down. He was very harsh on immigration. And Gascon was right in the middle of that after a while, you know, he leaves that particular center and he comes to San Francisco where he's, uh, at that time, Gavin Newsom is the mayor of San Francisco and makes him the chief of police in San Francisco. So you have a person with a lot of experience. I tend to want to let the experts who are actual experts do what they do best. And he is an expert at law, law enforcement. Not only just prosecuting, but he is also a police enforcer. He's a law enforcement officer.
1: Yeah. So when you call him, I mean, he is liberal. He is a liberal, I think, certainly by district attorney standards. But, you know, the right has slid so far right in this country. Just because someone has a serious problem with Joe Arpaio, I don't think that makes them a leftist of any kind. I mean, that guy was problematic on so many levels. I mean, that was just, that was really just an evil person in my opinion. And a guy that sort of flirted with Nazism and had no respect for the constitution of the United States of America, who was, was fine with criminalizing um, immigrants and violating their civil rights as part of what he saw as a duty and something that he was very proud of. So Um. You know, I'd just like to point out that while Gascon is sort of characterized as this far-left guy, I don't think that he is. But do you think that's fair? I think what you're saying is fair. I also think it's accurate. Gascon is not a liberal. He's not.
0: He's a progressive thinker, but what is defined as progressive thinker, a a person who would Thinks in a progressive manner, but that's not what we're talking about here. He is thinking in a manner which makes common sense rather than political sense. You see, every time that a person wants to get elected, what is the first thing he plays with? We're going to be hard on crime. We're going to put criminals in prison for the rest of their lives and throw away the key. And everybody applauds that. That's a ridiculous concept. We've tried that in California hell he's trying to cross the freaking nation it doesn't work because when you get a guy and let's just let's talk about how this works so if you get a person and you throw them in prison for 20 years for stealing a cd when that person gets out he has not been rehabilitated that person is not he's very upset number one and he's had 20 years to become a criminal in prison You haven't given him the tools to come back to society and be productive. Gascon understands that. He also understands, which the right does not point out. I'm a conservative, but I'm I'm a a moderate, and I'm also a person of common sense, which I believe that Gascon is as well. But he understands if you get a guy, you throw him in prison for 20 years for stealing a couple CDs that cost 30 bucks – you, the taxpayer, is paying forty-five to $50,000 a year to keep that guy in prison, give him three meals a day, give him a nice bed, give him mental health services, give him medical, give him dental. He has better dental than most, most Hell, better than you do, Matt.
1: So Probably. he understands that it doesn't make any sense to over-prosecute,
0: for example, this is what they're using against him as well, the death penalty. Yes, against a death penalty, not because he doesn't believe in killing people when they killed somebody. He, like I, and most people who have been in the system that understands how it really works and want to depoliticalize it, understand that the death penalty doesn't work. No one out there before they commit a crime thinks, huh, you know, I don't think I'm going to commit this crime today because I could get the death penalty rather than life in prison. No one thinks about that, but the politicians sell that to the public and they think, oh yeah, we want the death penalty. Well, do you know that the death penalty costs about $100,000 a year per inmate when you put that on a table? When when you put that on a table during a trial, the trial costs millions. So everybody says, well, yeah, but if guess the death penalty, that's not true either because they come to death row and they sit for 30, 40 years and 90% of them die of old age or get a lesser sentence. She so spent all that money for nothing, and Gascon understands that. That's the problem with politicians that run for DA and don't understand the system. They don't get the system, so they do what everyone wants to hear. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be hard on crime. They don't understand the ramifications behind that. Gascone does. And what he's doing is he's putting forth a plan that will work. And let's re- remember, they voted him in. Gascon was voted in. And now they want to recall him like it did the guy in San Francisco because the political naysayers are saying, well, yeah, people, criminals around the country are saying let's go to San Francisco to make crimes. That's a lie. That's just
1: complete stupidity and ignorance. Yeah. So their narrative, first of all, they just don't like progressive approaches to crime. There's a lot of money behind the system. Look no further than the police unions. And the district attorneys, um, you know, are now condemning Gascon. And the fact is, if there's less people in prison, there's less of those people getting paid. It's not that hard to do the math on it. Uh, but the narrative from the right is that I guess Gascon is sympathetic to criminals, and he's very stupid because he doesn't understand that taking these progressive approaches. Um, will apparently embolden the criminals. Gascon's agenda that he ran on and that he hasn't wavered on is doing away with cash bail, not prosecuting juveniles, and also not seeking the death penalty, as well as uh, certain contributors which lead to higher sentences, uh, which you know all about. Uh, What do they call those? Special circumstances. Um, so that's what he's been about. And that's, that's what he's continuing to do. And I think there's a false narrative that Gascon wants to let people out who have been, uh, committing crimes so that they're out on the street committing more crimes. That's the narrative I hear from the right. And we need to address this because whenever you're charged with a crime, because the system is so backlogged, because people are charged so much more with crimes now, you have to wait, uh, see if you get a trial. If you're lucky, you get a trial, you'll probably have to plead, it. Nonetheless, it takes a while to prosecute you. And because you're innocent until proven guilty in this country, you are going to have the opportunity to get out of jail, correct? Yeah, so I really think that Fox News wants their viewers to think, and I think their viewers do for the most part think, that Gascon came up with some revolutionary new concept, which is we're going to let criminals out of jail so they can continue to commit crimes, when in fact that idea or that that fake news really doesn't have a lot to do with the concept of eliminating cash bail, which I think a lot of people thought was a good idea. Am I... Does this sound about right to you?
0: Yeah, correct. Yeah, and look, <laughs> the other side is obviously always that's against Gascon, is always going to use whatever tactics they can, and usually it's people's ignorance. People who, good, you know, hardworking people who work every single day don't have the time to decipher what DAs are doing or what politicians are doing, and they take their word because they're elected officials, and hey, as a, help, a new concept, politicians are supposed to tell their constituents the truth. Okay? And we know it's complete false. So they're, they're pushing this narrative that, yeah, that the skull wants know criminals out. But look, we are still in the United States of America. And the problem with cash bail is that I think that the problem is with the judges. The judges have to be educated to understand the... Well, the restraints that certain people have. most people that are committing crimes are not millionaires. And if they are, they have the money to bail out. However, in most cases, a person that commits a crime is usually a poor person, a person in poverty. He's uneducated. And if you stick a bail of, say, $200,000 for stealing a tire, well, you have basically eliminated the ability for that person to be innocent till proven guilty. He is guilty. Because he has to stay in prison, in jail, however time the DA's office takes to prosecute the case, because it could be years, and there's no bail. So there, it's just ridiculous concept. There has to be the ability to bail out in order to prepare for for a defense, and hopefully learn from your mistake, and of course be productive part of society today's world, you really can't do that because these bails are so high. And I think it, blinks, it, it begins with the judges. The judges want to be hard on crime. The judges want to feel like they're not being soft. So therefore, they get these extraordinary bails. And of course, no one bails out. But this is not the DA's problem, or the DA cannot be blamed for this stuff. Just like people are not are blaming Gascon for, you know, he's not prosecuted. He's not the guy who prosecutes. It's all the deputy DAs, it's the policy makers, and it's actually law enforcement who collects the evidence to be able to prosecute. If, let's say, Jessica, is the guy doing the prosecute, which he's not. He's the DA, he's the figurehead. You know, if law enforcement brings him a case of Joe Blow who murdered somebody, but they have no witnesses, they have no DNA, they don't have a strong case, and he feels, hey, I'm going to lose this case. He doesn't charge the person. That isn't really his fault. But well, you want a DA to go in and charge a guy with a crime. The guy beats it, and because he's beat them, beat it, everybody knows he did it, he can't charge him again. That's a huge problem. That is a huge problem. So, of course, some cases don't get prosecuted because, number one, they may not be worth it. The guy's been in jail for six months. He's there for pretty fat. At some point, the DA's office says, uh, we're just going to give him time serve. He's already served six months. That's not being soft on crime. That's being intelligent because all this time he's been in jail, the taxpayers
1: pay for him being there. Right. Yeah, I'm starting to become obsessed with the notion of white collar crime, and you know, in regards to bail, if you work for Monsanto, if you knowingly decide to dump. 100 gallons of mercury into a creek and then there's 10 clusters of cancer i don't know what they set the bail at if it's a million dollars you will bail out um if you like you said maybe steal a couple rims off of a cadillac you might not bail out even though you didn't hurt you hurt someone by stealing their rims i'm not condoning that but uh you didn't kill anybody and uh you know, it's, it's that sort of inequity that, that people feel like um, sometimes the reason people are committing these crimes is because they're in these tough circumstances to begin with. I don't think that necessarily, but I think in some instances it can contribute. My long-winded point is there's a strong philosophy behind eliminating the cash bail. However people are going to bail out you can't unfortunately there's going to be certain anecdotal times when someone's out after committing a crime and then they commit another crime and that's what a lot of the criticism I guess gone from my perspective is centered on um and I don't say that's not fair it's just uh It's an ugly reality, right? That's going to happen. No matter how far to the right, how conservative you are on crime, no matter how aggressive of a prosecutor you are, that still is going to happen. It's inevitable, right? Absolutely. Look, we can't
0: control people 100%. But to do away with bail or letting people on their own reconcilances, it's a problem if you don't do it because... Look, to be afraid. Well, if we let him out, oh, he might commit another crime. You can get that, but you just can't assume that everybody that's in jail for a crime is going to commit another one. And even if they do, the reason it's so simple to pick on that guy because he's a minority. Usually, he's poor. Where the guy in the suit who dumped, who whose company dumped 10 million gallons of, of mercury into a particular creek bed, and he gives people all kinds of cancer it's very hard to hate that guy he drives around in a cadillac he has a freaking porsche he has a suit on he has people that he told to do it and it's never easy there's never a clear trail to him so he's almost a ghost figure so that guy's always hard i've always had a problem with the way they treat white-collar criminals is nothing compared to if a guy goes into a store a liquor store and steals from the cash register, they throw the book out of me just 10, 12 years. If a person in a company rips off senior citizens, they usually just give them a slap on the wrist because, well, you know, it, it, it happens, and there's all these excuses. White-collar criminals are usually treated a lot better. They go to federal penitentiaries. They have... Tennis courts, swimming pools, they have all these beautiful facilities where the guy who, who, who rips off a couple of candy bars or a couple of CDs, he goes to a hard prison and he's treated like the worst of the worst. So we have completely different classes of people that commit both crimes. One should not be exclusive of being worse than the other one. Sure, it's a lot worse to kill somebody that's, in a lot of cases, these white-collar criminals. Destroy people's lives because they take all their money, take all their funds, they take their their pensions. So they're both criminals. But the point is, we're talking about Gascon, and that they're they're recalling him because he's not as hard on crime like other people are saying they're going to be. The problem with that is that we're going to see it happen as soon as the next guy gets in there. If they if they recall him, and vote him out. The problem is that if that guy is very hard on crime sure people will be happy because he's, he's prosecuting but it changes nothing it really doesn't because you're not educating anybody when you go to prison there has to be rehabilitation there has to be education you have to reach that person so when he does get out he doesn't commit crimes again he is excuse me he understands his responsibility to, to society he's going into these are things that have a lot more to do with the overall picture of it than just the PA himself. the PA is only one guy and ladies and gentlemen by the way It's just not guessed on. There are a number of GPAs now in California and other states that are banded together that agree. The death penalty is not a good idea. To over-prosecute is not a good idea because the only person that's suffering is the taxpayer because we're paying all this money for law enforcement officers, prison guards. It doesn't solve the problem. Whose problem it does solve? It gives the prison industry a lot of money to do what they do, which is to basically cattle people into these herds in prisons and continue doing what they do. It doesn't pay the system if you don't have criminals. They are the livestock. They need prisoners in prison in order to continue to support the prison industry. The problem is we're doing human MPs here. And nobody in that particular sector wants criminals to get out and never come back because then they lose their cash cows.
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of suppositions being made. I think people kind of glance over this and they need someone to blame. Maybe, maybe they want to blame everybody because Los Angeles, where Gascon is the DA is so fucked. I mean, I had to move out of Hollywood. Didn't say I have to, I wanted to, because there were tense on every street, there were insane homeless people that I found dangerous that I didn't want to walk. I didn't want to walk to the store at night because they were out of their mind. And I thought they were unpredictable. Uh, But, you know, if you're not from here, if you haven't been here recently, I mean, the tent city situation is so out of control and it's depressing and, and we can get into the reasons for that. But I think that people are confusing that the homelessness situation and the mental health resource crisis or lack thereof on the resources with what Gascon is doing I think people are drawing this equivalency Gascon's letting people out of jail now they move into a tent on my block and the fact is it's unrelated but have you noticed have you heard are you aware that people are kind of mm, equating these two things well, I, I do because I watch the news and I see what they're doing. It's come to one that has nothing to do with the other. Yes,
0: it has nothing to do with the homelessness pr- problems in the city of Los Angeles or in any other place in the world. His job is not to prosecute homeless people because they are out. Of, they don't have homes for another reason. It isn't because they're out of prison. It isn't because he's letting them out because he's not letting them out. The prison system has a parole board system. If that parole board finds that the person is ready for release, it has nothing to do with Gascon. And the homeless problem has to do with the policymakers, the city council, you know, the people in politics who are not dealing with this problem. In California, we've had this problem for, now for decades. It's gotten worse in the last five or six years. Where are these people coming from? Of course, they're going to equate integration with Gascon, None of this stuff is true, and anybody who believes it is extremely ignorant, and they're being led astray by politicians who want people to believe this garbage. It's absolutely untrue, and if you believe it, well, I'm going to say it like I say most things: you're a freaking idiots.
1: Yeah, and a- another thing along those lines that is so visible: first of all, crime is basically stagnant. In Los Angeles, perhaps it's gone up 4% since Gascon took over. Now, in the last few years, uh, murder has gone up uh, pretty significantly, at least 50% uh, <clears throat> or thereabouts. Uh, however, certain neighborhoods that didn't see a lot of crime are now seeing more crime. And what we're having is these targeted robberies. So, have people, uh, for example, if you're at a bar in West Hollywood, uh, say Rocco's you know they have signs up that says keep your phone in your front pocket but you have people hanging out at these places they will case you they will follow you home they will profile people that have expensive jewelry on them or that look affluent um, and in other instances there's just these brazen smash and grab robberies in neighborhoods uh, that didn't see that and it scares people um, just recently well, that, that, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, just recently in Manhattan Beach and in Beverly Hills. And I think, again, when you come back, I want to talk about the narrative that's being pushed on the recall because the narrative is that okay. this is somehow Gascon's doing. Okay. Well, then let me
0: call right back. Okay. So what I did want to touch on, what you said earlier, was these smashing grabs every Beverly Hills. to This is a phenomenon that happened during these riots and all this stuff going on because of these particular things going on when the president was in in office and, and things happened. It's a mob mentality. But what happened was, of course, certain criminals watched the news as well, and they saw, huh, that's a good idea. That's a way of getting away with it when no one can tell who the, the actual culprit is, and way of getting away with having a bunch of guys do it instead uh, just one person. This is a ph- phenomenon that has nothing to do with Gascon, and that crime is rising in LA in the last couple of months or couple of years. This is something that happens. if fluctuates. It goes up. It goes down. It has nothing to do with Gascon or the governor, or anybody else. It has to do with the people in the cities themselves. And LAPD and Los Angeles Police Departments are still doing their job. If they see someone breaking, they arrest the person. There is no if and buts about that the policy about arresting people or charging criminals with crimes not changed in Los Angeles. They have only altered when it comes to the death penalty because we all know it doesn't work and there's a moratorium on the death penalty which means it's not going to happen so why go after death penalty spending millions of taxpayer dollars when well, it's not going to happen when the guy is only going to do life without the possibility of parole so let's start that from the very beginning and not spend millions of dollars it makes perfect common sense
1: yeah i'm just trying to get into the mind of someone who is opinionated and doesn't really know what they're talking about, but what decisions could Gascon even make that would facilitate the proliferation of smash-and-grab robberies? And do these people actually think that Gascon is, like, sitting in his office on a, on a throne, and he's like, yeah, I don't really have a problem with these burglaries. Uh, I'm cool with that. You know, <laughs> like, I just don't really yeah, like no, understand either. the thought process. Yeah, I don't have his memorandums
0: in front of me. I'm not privy that, But I'm willing to bet you that George Gaskell's policies on smash and grabs are no different than the PA before him, which was to prosecute those people. There is no if and buts about that. And people have to understand that he has not changed pause about prosecuting. What he's done, he's, done, he's more progressive on he's progressive about people with mental health, of course. You have to start you know, looking at the problem, why the person is doing it. Is he, is he crazy? Is he insane? Is the person is he schizophrenic? Does he have re- why he did the things that he did? I think he's taking a look at that. He's also taking a look at juveniles. And look, ladies and gentlemen, everybody in California has voted on this. It's law. You cannot hold a child responsible like you would an adult. It just it makes no common sense to prosecute a 12 or 13 year old child as if he were an adult. Sure, if the crime is a very you know, aggressive, uh, horrendous crime, yes, you charge the child. You send him somewhere to get help, a youth authority with their rehabilitative programs, or he can be rehabilitated, where he can think, understand, mature, accept responsibility, and become a better person. You can't get a 12- or 13- or 14-year-old child sitting in prison for the rest of his life and say, "Ah, oh, that's good enough for us because we have laws in place right now that either person under the age of 25 is a youth offender and must be treated as such because we understand brain development isn't the same of an 18-year-old and that of a 29-year-old. So, I mean, that you have these right-wing guys. These How do you call them right-wing? I don't even want to call them conservatives. I want to call them people who are just morons. Or they have an agenda, and this is the way they're going after Gascon or anybody person that disagrees with them. I don't think it's a conservative viewpoint. It's a moronic viewpoint based on ignorance. Conservatism, the way I am a conservative, is to look at things clearly, with a clear mind, with no emotions, and to really analyze the situation based on common sense. The people that are trying to get Gascon off of office options, are not doing that. And, of course, you're going to have your naysayers things. I mean, Matt's are going to say, yeah. Well, look, you got a guy on death row who's talking. He's got a podcast, and he's talking all this stuff. I challenge anyone, law enforcement, right wing, left wing, whoever you want, come on the show and tell me online. I will prove you wrong every single time because I happen to be talking from a place where I know what's going on. I have watched the system for 40 years. I'm not a liberal. I'm not one of those guys that wants to. A- handle everybody with tick gloves but there is common sense to what he's doing because he understands the system I meaning he just go from the inside he's been a beat cop he's been chief of police he understands what's going on what works or what could work obviously the system before did not work at all so you were going to say something about how they're recalling
1: him and how that's developing yeah I mean that's just how he's being characterized is um A friend of the criminal i think i mean conservative hasn't meant conservative uh, since at least george w bush that i can remember there's nothing conservative about destroying the environment or advocating that we shouldn't have free elections those are not conservative ideas so if that's on your platform i I think you're actually um, just kind of a fascist or something but it is not. You're, you're absolutely right. That, that's not that, that, that a deal of being conservative to be blind and ignorant. No. Right. Um, but you mentioned the youth offender thing, and that is something that Gascon hasn't wavered on, but there is an incident that has pissed a lot of people off, including well-informed progressives who have said to me, I'm actually going to support the recall effort because of this incident, so Here's what happened with Hannah Tubbs. Um, Hannah Tubbs, it was two weeks before Hannah Tubbs' 18th birthday. And at the time he went into a Denny's bathroom in Palmdale, California, and violently sexually assaulted an 11 year old girl. Um, After being in and out of jail, He decided to transition into a female, hence the name Hannah, and uh, he was in jail on some murder charges, got a call from his father, and proceeded to mock the victim and explain that he only transitioned to a female in order to um, lessen the charges, and also because he wanted to go to the female prison, where, in his words, there are a lot of bitches Okay. So terrible guy. He's now 26 years old, uh, but the DNA matched from that sexual assault and Gascon sentenced him to, uh, well, shouldn't say Gascon sentenced him, but the sentence that was provided was to serve time in a juvenile facility, two years in a juvenile facility. Tubbs is now 26 years old and, and that was the sentence. And, that was scandal enough some more of the scandal was that in these jailhouse phone recordings Tubbs was too stupid apparently to understand that the calls are being recorded or just didn't care um you know he again bragged about the crime bragged about taking advantage of the system by transitioning into a female and gascon's office said that they were unaware of these tapes it came out that they were aware of them and covered it up basically uh gascon i think still maintaining that even though his office was aware of the recordings in which they were mocking gascon and the system uh he personally wasn't i don't know who believes that so really messy situation and i don't know what do you what do you think about it you can certainly understand there's some uh, alarm right yeah
0: How old
1: was he committed this crime? I mean, the... the, the yeah. Whatever. His name is Hannah. How old was he? He was... He, whatever she is. Yeah, at the time, it was that he. was two weeks... Let's call, and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Two weeks before his 18th birthday. So still 17 years old and a minor. Okay, and the minor was the child that he abused, obviously. he said 12 or 13 years old? 11, Yeah. Yeah, that's – okay. So,
0: yeah, egg on their face. Bad situation made worse by fumbling of the guard or fumbling of the the process. He's 17 years old, obviously, still immature, a juvenile. So by California law, they cannot charge him like someone over the age of 18. He's He's a juvenile. There's no way around this. He's a juvenile. And unfortunately, by law, he didn't kill anybody. He sexually assaulted. However, there are laws in the system for someone who is a sexual predator to be prosecuted. And once they are prosecuted for that crime, they go to a Juvenile facility, he is a juvenile. You cannot put a 17 year old with 25 year olds or 26 or 30 year olds. It just, you cannot do that because it would be abuse. And look, I don't want to make a right by, by doing a wrong or two wrongs don't make a right here. So you put him in that system till he turns 18 or 19 or whatever. He then goes to the valuation for sexual predators. And then he has to be deemed appropriately rehabilitated at a certain time frame, how long that time frame is, he's put into a system where experts will know when they feel that he has done enough time. A year, two years is not enough time for a person who's committed to be chronic as a child, even if they were a few months from being, they were also a child compared to the, the, well, a person 17 years old that's gonna be 18 years old. I understand that people are going to be extremely inflamed by the act that he committed, but then you're going to have the real, real people on the other side, which again, are the far, far left, who are going to make this into an LGBTQ situation. And although I am uh, sympathetic to uh, someone who wants to transition to a male or female or be non-gender specific, or whatever they'd like to be, if they are a citizen of this country, and they are not a criminal, they can do whatever they want, but once you start committing crimes, you can't run and tag that poll and say, time out, because I'm transitioning, you can't prosecute me. Absolutely a blunder right there. And here's where those conservative viewpoints start coming out for me. This person that's 17 years old, in my opinion, should have been prosecuted to the full extent of the law and then held because they are a sexual predator until they are deemed rehabilitated, cured, or whatever. I'm not an expert in that field. You know my position, and so does the audience, on uh, when it comes to children, meaning the victim being a child at 11 years old. There's not a whole lot of room for me to be sympathetic at that point. For me, the entire focus should be on the victim. The child who was abused, that is my focus, not on the person that committed the crime against them. And I'm sorry to say that, but uh, this shows you why I am how I am. You know, I believe in some of Gascon's progressive uh, thoughts because he's an expert.
1: In this situation, that office made a mistake. Yeah. And I think it's widely assumed that the reason it was pushed under the rug is because no one wants to touch that transgender topic. Would you say it's touchy, Bill? I'd say it's a little touchy. And no yeah, one no one wants yeah, to have an opinion on whether or not this man is transitioning due to gender dysphoria or in order to gain the system. but. You know, you know, there was a, a thing in Baltimore like five years 60 ago, and the city council of Baltimore was um, voting on whether or not men, transgender men, should be allowed into female jails in Baltimore, and as it turned out, someone who transitioned raped a woman in the jail. Uh, this was a woman with a penis who apparently had a sexual appetite for women still and the only dissent came from a woman on the city council who was a lesbian that said, uh, what the hell are we doing here? You guys lost your damn minds? I don't know if she still has a job or not. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's a very touchy
0: subject, this, this whole thing. And, look, we're, we're dealing with this in the courts on kind of transgender, and I get confused, about uh, 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 a man is going, becoming a woman, a transgender woman, in sports with regular women. And let me get back into that when I come back. Hey, man. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, my position is really simple on this. It's based on, you know, the whole testosterone thing. Look, if a person who's a man transitions to a woman, of course, at some point, he does become a, a trans woman. He no longer has the, <laughs> the things that guys have. And I'm trying to do this politically correct so I don't offend anybody. Uh, That person is considered a woman and should be treated as such, and hey, they identify with that, great, no problem with that. However, if they're competing professionally or in a high level, you can't reverse because they're taking estrogen that they went through puberty uh, with the testosterone chemical going through their system like males. So obviously they're stronger, they're faster than most women by a little bit, but they are. So you can't reverse that. But we're off the subject here. The subject is, to me, once a person becomes a criminal, meaning that individual who harmed that child, sexually abused them, raped that child, he is no longer a person of gender-specific, non-gender. That is irrelevant. He's a criminal. He committed a crime. He should be prosecuted as such. We get confused with all these different communities running up and down talking about, whoa, he's in the LGBTQ, oh, he happens to be Hispanic, oh, yeah. That is irrelevant. The only question on the table is, did he commit the crime? He should have due process of law, go through the prison system or the court system. If he's found guilty, he should be held responsible. If he's not guilty, then we know the system, he goes free. This is a very simple system that has nothing in gender specific, has nothing to do with anything. It shouldn't. We know that we, that prosecutions have a lot to do sometimes with people of color, and we understand that. But in this case, where a child is concerned, and it's sexual in nature, he isn't stealing a loaf of bread because he's hungry. He's not stealing because he has no other way of living. This guy is, look, I'm going to lay on the table. He's a freaking pervert. He's a sexual deviant, is what he is. He's what I call a trisexual. He'll try anything. So I'm not specifically, uh, you know, sympathetic that he's now transitioning. That's
1: not going to do with crime. And he should be prosecuted, period. Yeah, it seems like most of the serial killers we've studied, at least a good portion, have kind of dabbled in gender-bending. So... I don't know what that means. I'm going to leave that there, but it's a fact. So I don't know how accommodating we want to be uh, for that, but in general, so a lot of this stuff is nasty, muddy stuff that the DA handles. Uh, And I would say, I don't know an exact figure over half of it, maybe 60% is really important stuff. Getting dangerous people off the streets, holding them accountable. The other part is systematic oppression in the form of revenue extraction and feeding the prison industrial complex. But nonetheless, they do handle a lot of important stuff. So is it even possible in a massive city like Los Angeles to have a a flawless record? I mean, isn't there going to be one case that people can can say man you guys screwed up i mean i i don't see how that can be avoided even with all the resources in the world i mean these these people aren't human i'm not trying to defend them so much but just just talk about the reality of it well um,
0: you know we're not in 1845 where you have one sheriff and he is also the prosecutor so he's the one who rounds you up brings you in, prosecutes you hangs you it's it's a different system you have several hundreds of thousands of people of the system, from PDAs to beat cops, to detectives, to investigators, to PAs, to judges, to prisons. You have a lot of people working. There's going to be situations where these, someone screws up. There is no flawless administration. There is no perfection in this. So every person has been a PA, every person has been a chief of police, someone on the other side is be a point to some situation that he can handle the way that they felt it should have been handled. Now we we'll all agree that this situation with the child that was abused was handled inappropriately. So a lot of people feel as I do that this was misappropriately handled it was handled incorrectly. Uh and they're emotionally involved, as I am. There is no situation where a child should be harmed and if the child is harmed, the person responsible should be held accountable. Period. There is no if and buts about it and I feel strongly about that. So there's a lot of people that agree with my position. It's emotionally a driven situation because it's a child. And in my book, the child's harmed. There has to be a person held responsible. And if they're guilty, they should pay that consequence. You know, there, there are good consequences in life and there are bad consequences. And you have to be held responsible. You do good things, good consequences happen bad things you see bad consequences come this individual committed a horrendous crime and he should be held accountable and that office the people involved made a mistake and there are people that are going to point to that but every administration has been there in the last 50 years there are
1: instances where they made mistakes see to me I don't even think Escon is progressive enough in certain in certain facets you know i would like i think in general it'd be a real step forward for this country to stop with this idea that you should be penalized for seeking a trial and that they're going to trump up the charges as much as possible that they know are disingenuous and say look if you plead not guilty we're going to slam you real hard and you may never get out you know i before the 1980s people in this country weren't afraid to go to trial if they if they were innocent. Yeah, I kind of
0: know what that feels like There's a lot of guys that I know that were offered a deal, let's say for an armed robbery. They were offered three years. But if they went to trial, they, one of the, the bargaining chips was, look, we'll give you three years right now. It's a plea bargain. But if you go to trial, we're give you 11 years. So it kind of gets people to cop to crimes that... Maybe they didn't commit, but look, I, I understand the system, and I understand that sometimes those kind of plea bargains save the taxpayer a lot of money. If the guy's willing to take a trial, a plea bargain before a trial, most of the time, most of the time, don't get me in this thing every single time, but a lot of the times the person is guilty in saving taxpayers a lot of money for the plea bargains instead have gone for an extensive trial.
1: Yeah, but we just have a serious problem if we are prosecuting so many crimes that we don't have the resources and, and, you know, maybe people aren't paying enough taxes if we still don't have the resources to give them their constitutional right. Uh, <clears throat> just my opinion, you know, but I'm a crazy liberal, right? Yeah, well, it gets kind of sticky there when you're dealing with millions of people and, and
0: crime as heavy as it is in Los Angeles. Like, we can't blame gas companies. It, it's a system, and... There's going to be bad weeks and bad months and bad years, and it's not really the person there. It's, it's more just the attitude of people in, in the general population of, of that society. So we really can't blame one guy. And that's, I guess that's the whole, my point in talking about George Gaston is you really can't blame him for the things that basically the public voted on. They wanted him there. They, they, they knew that he was progressive, and now he's come in and tried this, you know, they're not really giving him a chance. They they want a result immediately. It doesn't happen overnight. This has been going on in this country for over 150 years of these kind of prosecutions, and he's got a different mindset based on his experience and his expertise. You know, I say we give him a chance. Now, are there situations where, like, that child was abused? Yes. And, and there's going to be those moments whoever's in charge, you can't... Prosecutions, please understand that uh, prosecution is reactive. It's, it's a reaction to someone committing a crime. Prosecution cannot jump ahead of the train and stop before he even gets on the tracks or gets on the tracks. So, whether it's prosecuting the guy for 10 years or 100 years, it really makes no difference. It was not gonna stop the crime from happening. It's one of the things that people have to really understand and stop thinking with their emotions. Once the person commits the crime, which this guy did on that child, then he's prosecuted, and that's all we can do. That he got out sooner. And you didn't mention, Matt, that um, he's now almost 26 years old. So this
1: happened way before Gascon got in office. Of course, of course. Um, So how are they blaming Gascon? Well, because he, he wasn't apprehended or charged with this crime until Gascon was in office, so... They match DNA. So now the guy's 26 years old. Sorry, young lady. And uh, and they want to, uh, you know, they need to prosecute for that thing that happened a while ago. So that's what people are maybe not understanding, or, or at least they have a problem with, is that now you have a 26-year-old going to a juvenile facility, which I guess happens all the time. Well, well that, that's a misconception. There is no 26-year-old
0: going to a juvenile facility prosecuted for the crime that he committed as a juvenile. And he will be given time according to that. But he's not going to a juvenile facility. I, I had that mixed up. He's not going to juvenile facility. And here's the other point. If he was apprehended so many years later. It has nothing to do with Gascon. It has everything to do with law enforcement. They were not able to, uh, to arrest the guy to do the investigation to get him to the point where Gascon is actually going to prosecute or that office is going to has nothing to do with Gascon. And that this guy commits a crime as a juvenile. Yes, you can commit a crime when you're 18, 17 years old and get arrested when you're 50. You, the crime was committed as a, as a juvenile. You're not going to be prosecuted as if you were 50 years old. That's ludicrous. So uh, I, look, I get the emotional want to lynch this guy. I get it.
1: Yeah, I think we're in agreement that Gascon is being scapegoated, and I think the problem that I've maybe clarified in this conversation is I don't think the average person knows what a district attorney's job is. I, I think that that might be kind of the root of a lot of the criticism. I, I'm just not sure a lot of people understand what it is he's doing in his office. Yeah, yeah you there? There you are. Yeah, cut off a minute.
0: You know, prison phones, i tell you.
1: Yeah, I was just saying, I, I think that he's being scapegoated, and a lot of the root of this, I think, is that people just don't know what a district attorney does or is supposed to do.
0: Exactly. and He is the, the, the figurehead of that office. He's not the guy actually in the courthouse prosecuting cases. He is a politician. It's like blaming the president of the United States for what someone
1: did in a local uh, a tavern under the local police. It just People do that all guess. the time. You don't watch Fox News or read the Daily Mail. That's all people do. (laughs) They're stupid. Well, uh, the Daily Mail is a freaking program for morons. Come on. I mean, seriously. It's like watching TMZ and thinking that's breaking news. Come on. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Well, I think we're in agreement. And, you know, interestingly, maybe this would be a topic for another uh, episode, but this statistic, it's fully vetted, recently came out and I've read it a few times recently. And in the mid to late 1960s, the United States as a country was solving 85% of homicides nationally. And that number dwindled steadily to what is now 50%. We only saw 50% of murders in this country. And man, we've, we've fallen a long way. And maybe we should talk about the reasons for that.
0: sixty percent. Sixty percent of are forty percent are unsold.
1: Yeah, so no matter who the DA is, you know, they could be hardcore right wing or left wing. Uh it's just a different world we're living in. But anyway, I think we've covered Gascon, and we appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back next week with another topic. So until then I've been Matt Ralston. And I'm to go.
0: be safe. Be aware of your